Bearcat Bounce Podcast. Back at it again. It's a Monday. It's a day after Christmas Monday. A ho, 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 Merry Christmas in the past, this year in the past, upcoming, end of the year, new year. A lot of new things to talk about, but it is still a Monday. It's a Monday after a win against Detroit Mercy for the basketball team. And still, more things going on in the football program, but it's a Monday. That means it's time to welcome in my three guys, my three pals, three guys who will be here to talk about Bearcat sports for as long as uh, Chad Brendel allows us to. So without further ado, we're going to bring them all in. That's right. Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, and oh, Mr. Satterfield taking place of uh, old Ryan Royer today. Well, Ryan's actually in. Indianapolis watching Alex Pierce. So, without further ado, Aaron, Chad, gentlemen, how are we? This is the second time I've been out of bed all day. So, I'm doing the best I can. Okay. If I if I if I go dark and the mute is on, that means I'm in the bathroom. Oh man, <laughs> what he's what he's doing in there can be up. I'm a gamer. His imagination. There we go. I'm a game. I'm a gamer. <laughs> it's my flu game. Okay. Okay. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I I feel good. There we go. Gosh, I love that. That's a cheery response from Aaron. I love that. You guys have a good Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, did you? Yeah. And now we don't have the kids for 10 days, so. 10 days. That's a good Christmas. Wow. Was that the Christmas gift? No, I mean, we had the kids for 10 days. No, dad gets the kids. Well. Uh, except, for, okay. except, except for the Brin- league. Brinix, yeah. yeah. yeah you were like, all right, here's the bonus. <laughs> here's to get Brinix <laughs> 10 days too. Thank you. you. Hear about that plus one? This is the plus one. Congrats. Yeah, well, there you go. Chad, how was your how was your Christmas? Christmas is good. I was great yesterday. I just woke up yeah. this morning feeling like crap. Went and had the, the 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 immediate fam over for breakfast yesterday morning and then went over to my uncle's last night, hung out for a while. And, Came home, got a good night's mm-hmm. sleep, woke up, felt like trash. At least it was today instead of yesterday. That would have sucked. Right, right. Oh, yeah. You couldn't have dressed up as Santa and handed out the gifts, right? I could have, but I didn't. No. Uh, well, I would you... have been that new TikTok trend where I'd dress up as the Grinch. Oh, yeah. Run in and steal the presents. Yep, yep, yep. That Quick quick story about that, actually. We... Uh, there's this surfing Santa thing. Of course, thing. you did it. Yeah. Yeah, surfing Santa thing. Yeah, and uh, so myself, my dad, and uh, my nephew, we all dressed up in Grinch outfits for the surfing Santas. We were we were a hit. We all stopped by a lot of people, taking a lot of pictures, like little mini celebrities out there on the beach on uh, a couple days ago. So that, that was Christmas Eve. Christmas Day was fun. Kind of cold down here. It actually snowed in Cocoa Beach, Florida. I, I don't know when the last time it did that, but it, it snowed a tiny bit yesterday, which is always it's a little weird. But. How long are you down there? Uh, up until the second, so fly back next Monday. Nice gotcha. little, uh, nice little, you know, work work from the beach instead of in the freezing cold. But I don't know. Here we are. Danko, Danko, though. Chad, your, your stomach's a little broken right now, but uh, 
your yes. your car your car's probably working, but I'm sure after this coldness goes away, a lot of cars are gonna have some struggle struggles, some difficulties, and that no better time to head over to Danco Auto Care Transmission. Uh, get your get yourself an oil change, get everything checked out. Especially the BBP, Mitchin Aaron, Chad, myself, Ryan Royer, Al Pierce, anyone. Tell them just uh, you know, we sent you. You'll, anyone? <laughs> anyone I don't think that's how promos work. Anything Bearcat related, I feel like he'd, he'd be like, "Oh, did, did BCJ send you?" Okay. Well, I mean, if that's 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 only if Joe was the one at the front desk. Right. True. Good point. If it's not Joe at the front desk, the person at the front desk is just going to look we'll at you like confused. you're a lunatic. And then, yeah, oh, Alec, Alec Pierce sent me. Can I get my discount? <laughs> ask, ask for Dan Code Joe, then say Alec Pierce sent you. There See you if go. it works out. See if it works out. But uh, yeah, Dan Code Transmission Out of Care always, uh, always got to love Dan Code Joe and all that crew over there. They do a great job. But uh, you know, this is we're gonna have a little year in review, obviously, because since the last time we talked, the, the only real things that have happened are a couple staff uh, renderings here and the, well, talkings of uh, and. Chad, you and you and Dave really touched on that and harked on it on the BCJ pod, and yeah, I'm sure there are other topics that have been talked about throughout the uh, nightcaps. So, yeah, you know, haven't really well, been any nightcaps. We, we've taken a couple days off. Right, right. Well, Detroit Mercy, you know, Mercy, but uh, good, good, interesting game. Close out the uh, non-conference slate. We'll we'll touch on a little basketball later on today as well. Uh, but, you know, this is kind of a year in review, a kind of a weird, wild year for Bearcat sports and kind of the entire college sports landscape, if you will. But uh, first, we got to continue with with the most recent news, and that would be Joe Huber entering the transfer portal, starting right tackle for the Bearcats this past season. So with Huber entering the portal with both Jeremy Cooper as well as James Tunstall announcing that they will be Moving on to their next step in their careers, uh, did Dylan O'Quinn send one of those out yet? I that's I not really his it. style. Right. I, I would be surprised if Dylan comes back. Yeah, um, from everything I had heard previously, right, the plan was to move on to adulthood and fatherhood and right all of that stuff. Uh, but I mean, I, and unless we hear different, I'm I'm not expecting. Right. Uh, Dio to come back. So I'm not with, expecting Mets to come back either. Right. That well. So with with Joe Huber's announcement, that I mean, who was expecting Blue Smith to enter the transfer portal? So anything can happen, right? I don't know that that was. That, there that are different reasons for entering transfer yeah. portals, but I, you know, I sometimes uh, sometimes you walk to the transfer portal, and sometimes someone drives you there. Sometimes you run, you dead sprint to the transfer portal as well. So that that too, that too. Uh, so that leaves it obviously a huge, huge hole at offensive line. Huber is the O line room is starting to look a lot like the wide receiver room. That's yeah, great. That's great. Um, I mean, Huber obviously had he was statistically, I, I guess, rating wise, you know, PFF and, and different rating formulas had him slated as. Arguably the best lineman of the group I, I this put, past season. I put very little into that because generally the people that do the the, the gradings 
on PFF are like interns. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing the interns aren't fully versed in like offensive line assignments. Yeah. Like, you know, what you were supposed to do and when and where and why. Right. Um, that's not to say, I, I thought Joe had a great year. That's not to take yeah. away from Joe. Uh, I'm just saying. Regardless, those, it's the best metric we have, I guess. Yeah. It's still not very good, but it's the best of what. I mean, I know I've, at times, some of those PFF ratings have come out over the last couple of years. Yeah. And then you talk to the coaches and they're like, I don't know what they were looking at, but those right. look nothing like the grades that we had. Mm-hmm. So I'm just adding context to the, yeah. the it, it is probably the best thing we have to allow us to talk about offensive line without having an offensive lineman on the show. Right. Um, I'm just saying use with somewhat of a grain of salt. Yeah. Uh, when you're talking about the O-line metrics from, from PFF and whatnot. That's all. I, it, and, I mean, I, I would venture to say it's probably the most surprising name so far that we've seen enter the portal. Um, I'm not going to be surprised by anybody or anything. Right. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It, it, you know, just just the, the, the whole story of Joe Huber was just a good – it was a great story. And yeah. it seemed like he was, you know, finally got to the top of the mountain where he was able to compete as a starter – then, then the coaching change happens. Then it's going to be yet another offensive line coach coming in, and you know him having to learn under under that new offensive line coach. It, it it just seems as if you know things are already tough for a walk on offensive lineman, and the the ability for him to rise up to the level that he was at this year says a lot. But he was also one of the younger ones across the starting unit. Obviously, him and him and Gavin Gerhart. So it, now the question obviously is. How do you how do you fill all those holes and and staff's already been hard at work with that and it'll be obviously an ongoing thing. They've also got cars at the portal waiting for pickups. Right, right. Yeah. Holding up numerous names, right? Just <laughs> hoping someone says, "Yep, yep, okay," and then drive them back as fast as possible to to Clinton. Right. But I don't know. It's it, it's going to be a non ongoing thing. Uh, and just thought thought that was an interesting one to see today. Because, you know, you thought Joe Huber was kind of, kind of you know, that's a that's a sense of guy rising from walk on all the way up to, to a starting right tackle and, and be a guy to kind of bridge the gap in between the two coaching staffs. But uh, either I'm way, I'm guessing he'll do all right. Yeah, I think I'm so. I'm guessing too. he'll somebody somebody's going to give Joe Huber a scholarship. Yeah. So someone's going to someone's going to give a good look at that that size, that uh, ability and say, come on in. Right. We got we got a starting role for you here, but yeah, hey, look, we, just... we love we loved having his dad around. His dad would pop mm-hmm. in from time to time, and yep. great guy. Met him a couple times. It will uh, it will stink not having the family around. I I put them in touch with five one three shirts for the Joe Huber collection, and yep, like I said, they were uh, they were part of the BCJ community. So always hate to see one of those go, but. It is kind of what it is at this point in time, you know. You're, uh oh, Aaron, get oh, on it, man. That was quick. I know. I mean, shoot. all tastes and ages. It is Christmas. Ho as... ho ho, as some would say. Oh, that was probably what set him off. I was going to come on with like a Santa hat on and everything, but I, you know, I just, 
I probably would have brought just, everyone into the group. Just chat. the Santa hat. <laughs> yeah, just the Santa hat. And who said it was going to be only on my head? You know what I mean? But uh, no, I don't know what you mean, and I, I'm not feeling. <laughs> I'm not feeling well, so I would appreciate if you didn't elaborate. Uh, Chad's screen goes black right now, but yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, yeah. Obviously, it's a. Uh, it'll be a slow day here, but. I, if if Mr. Huber was in the stream, obviously he he was a guy that's popped in numerous times. Just thanks us for uh for you know just telling his son's story and, and promoting him and promoting the team and whatnot. I think Danco Joe was good friends with him, with, was at numerous tailgates with him and and uh, this that and the other. So um, <laughs> easy, Jason. Uh, so it's it's kind of a it's. It's a tough time, obviously, because there's there's going to be a lot of change. And but you see some of the huge moves that have been made over the past week or so, and you start to get a look and see, you know what? Maybe there's some some big league moves that are being made. So you know the thing to do right now is kind of trust the process. I hate saying that because I I think a lot of people use that in situations like this, but seemingly that is what yeah, yeah. We only can do. Right you don't now. even have to trust the process. You just Go through it. <laughs> yeah, you just have to go through it. Like, we, yeah. we can't even trust it right now because we're still roughly six, seven days away from when they want to have kind of everything right lined up and set. A week from tomorrow is the date that we were given yeah. by Scott Satterfield, or a week from Wednesday is the date the we were given by third, Scott Satterfield, right? January yeah. 3rd. Yeah. And then the, the portal visit window opens the 4th through the 8th. Mm-hmm. Um, and then classes start on the night. Yeah. So they're they're gonna have hiring decisions that are gonna be made in the next week. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have portal names that are gonna be popping up on campus starting on the fourth. Right. And then you're gonna have commitments very soon after. Uh, because if you want to enroll and get into uh spring, spring ball. ball You've got a very short window there after the ninth. I think it, it used to, and, and I know what it used to be. I, I guess it's still the same. You have 10 business days yeah. to enroll after the first day of classes. Right. So the late enrollment, the late registration goes for two weeks. Um, so I know things are uh, a little a little tight right now on news and information. But trust me, this is the calm before quite a storm will be brewing uh, around this time next week. Wild and and wild and kind of an unknown storm, too, because this is unprecedented times around college football in general. And then around certain teams around the country who have a new coaching staff and have so many holes that they need to have filled. So, yeah, buckle in. Um, I. I am interested to hear you guys' thoughts when, when when Coach Satterfield did say that of January third, because because obviously there there's a process with the new hires that goes through, and then all of a sudden then the, until they're officially announced is, is January third. Do you think that's like a a hard date that he has in mind where everything or for the most part things will be lined up and set, or do you think January third is just kind of where he internally he wants to have everything kind internally. of internally? I mean, you can't predict the UCHR like hiring process there's you know that that's going to play out of its own volition so that he's just wanting to have boots on the ground right 
and and they're still allowed to be, to take part in recruiting and and you know coaching and whatnot, even if they aren't officially announced through the university. I'm I'm pretty sure, right? I, Aaron, I'm trying to remember. I, yes. I think I think they are. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So once they are on campus, they can good. take part in that that kind of stuff. Okay. Sorry. Give cool. me give me a sec here. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Um, Aaron, anything else kind of catch your eye over the past week? You know, you've been on, you know, obviously the BCJ pod producing that one as well, where they kind of mentioned a couple of really big, important hires uh, there. And of course, some some movements in the in the portal and, and obviously signing day last Wednesday as well. Anything else kind of catch your eye around the football team, uh, football program that that kind of either intrigues you or, or gets you a little nervous or frustrated? I mean, there's still plenty of question marks. I, I think that's reason enough to be a little nervous, a little frustrated. Um, obviously, you want to see some of these holes get filled as far as OC goes, as far as some of the coaching spots that are still open go. But what can you do? I mean, this is a, this is all part of the the fun of the bowl season because you got 48 bowls featuring six and seven teams about God knows what. The the Hellman's onion dip bowl and oh, God, the Duke Mayo bowl, whatever. <laughs> it's all stupid. There's too many of these things. <laughs> I hate ESPN. They've ruined college football, but um, outside of that, yeah, no, nothing's really caught my eye. I mean, <laughs> it's just, this is the first like coaching change that I've been around for um, as far as like this in, in the weeds, if you will. Right. And so, no, I mean, nothing really, I think the shock's worn off, and now it's it's like hurry up and wait, as we have no idea what's what's going on, who's coming, and right. Yeah, I think my uh, my number one is is kind of just the uh, the Zach Grant news. Obviously, that that Chad has kind of gone on on the board, and then also the was gone in depth on the BCJ pod last week. It's it's a it's a different you know you. You talk about the uh, the bump in the assistant pool, assistant salary pool, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a clear eyes heading that way. And you know what? It, it it's run differently, and and that's something that's going to be that's that's big time college football right there. So um, that's that's a move that I love to see, and one that uh, I did a little bit further look into. Obviously, um, hearing Chad Chad and uh, Dave talk about it more, on top of just reading things and just seeing the success he's had, it's just. It's pretty fascinating to see what can happen with that and uh, the other coaches that will be under staff there. So, did you uh, check to see how many? Because I, I know how you research, so I wasn't sure if you researched how many other yeah. schools have a GM position. Oh no, I that was uh, it was amidst traveling, so uh, little, I don't think there are any probably. at this point. Okay, I think I think in basketball there's been like a couple where they've in college basketball they where they've like hired someone as like the head or, you know, not, not calling them a coach, but kind of just like a, you know, this is the source of the roles and whatnot. Um, Chief of staff has been a big thing, but, right. but this is a right. new, uh, is the new GM position confirmed? No, it's no. rumored at this point, but I think it's a good rumor. I think it's a, a rumor you should pay attention to. How's that? This is a juicy name. And at this point in the game, I like hearing juicy names. And uh, it's fun. 
fun to just just dive in and, and come up with the what what ifs that follow that. So um, yeah, I mean, obviously football is going to fire up, and in the midst of all the weird games that are going on right now, it, like my dad and I were talking about that today. It's like, what's been your favorite bowl game so far? And it's like, I mean. I think the only bowl game I watched from, from beginning to end was the Fenway Bowl, and that wasn't quite fun. So I don't think I don't think I have an answer for you there, but it's been a lot of weird games, but should fire up soon. So we will see. We will see. Uh anything else football wise, guys? Obviously it's a lot of different players have, have mentioned that they're heading on to the NFL or their next step in life, which is you know expected Aaron. at this point. Have you recovered? Are you okay with the Bluesmith news? Like we yeah. haven't really yeah, heard. Yeah, Aaron, let's hear more. Yeah, I mean, box yours. I was, I was wanted him to show glimpses of that four star or five, was it four star, four star, four star receiver that he was. Four star, yeah. When he, uh, when he came out of high school, unfortunately, it just never really, never really worked out for him in in Cincinnati um, or or Ohio State for for that matter. Um, I wanted to be one of the one of the early ones on that bandwagon, as we have the same last name, so obviously we're related. Um, but you know, just it just never worked out. So happy trails, Blue Smith. I mean, that was that was something that I was laughing at. You know, John Smith and Blue Smith, Aaron Smith. I, like you've got a lot of really cool, you know, relatives. I'm kind of jealous, but you know, is what it is. But good luck to Blue. Uh, I'm interested to see where he, you know, where he'll land, and, and all these other players as well. But uh, more, more importantly, the players that are coming in. You know, obviously Barry Jackson on signing day was a was a huge name there at the end of the day. Um, finally, a lot of uh, surprises popping up, um, especially obviously Emory Jones is going to be a player that that kind of grabs headlines and is discussed more. So as things start to fall in line, and and as you know January. Fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth comes. We're gonna get a better story and a better connection on on all of these dots. So stay locked in because this uh, this this ball has only just started rolling. It's gonna be exciting. But without further ado, shall we roll into? You want to do basketball now, or and then roll into the uh, year review, or well, before like- before we get to the timestamp. Yeah. We, we do have a new sponsor that we've been talking a little bit about. Oh, we have. And it is live. <sighs> and and there is the link. Can you not click on that? You can't click on that, can you? I mean, but I mean, I don't think they can click on it. Uh, There's no, but the, the link is on Bearcat Journal. I'm looking at it right yeah. now. The link is now on Bearcat Journal. Um, you can use that there. Uh, and that will get you your pre-registration for Betfred. If you don't know, Betfred is the official sports gaming partner of BearcatJournal.com. If you sign up uh, for pre-registration, you get to be on a list to be one of the first to bet with Betfred in Ohio. There's a $20 free bet on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. Uh, There's another welcome offer on January 1st. That can get you up to $1,111 in free bets. Plus, you get an invite to the New Year's Day betting party at uh, the Fowling Warehouse and a chance to win tickets to the Bengals, merch, free bets, all kinds of good stuff. So uh, make sure 
you get to Bearcat Journal, grab that link, uh, and get your pre-registration to get you into uh, Bedfred Sports as we get ready for gambling. Sports gaming going live in Ohio on January 1st. Uh, and then timestamp. Hey. Yeah. Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low minimum next day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom printed products, eco-friendly, uh, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029. Reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. There you go. That's good. Uh, you know, we can kind of tie quick paper supply in with the gambling. When things are going down, maybe you can, like, you bite on, like, some sort of product they send to us, like a little, little stress ball or something. I don't know. Be uh, Could be nice. We're, we're trying to always trying to figure out how to roll them in with, with everything else, but see golden opportunity here golden but i don't know gamble responsibly aaron i know it's legal for you now gamble responsibly talking about balls rolling quickly that one rolled pretty pretty damn quick my man um but should we roll on to basketball real quick uh obviously just well as you say that brent i i did want to say yes that this site is 100% for entertainment purposes only and does not involve real money betting. Gambling can be addictive. Please play responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. The service is intended for adult users only. Individuals must be 21 or older to participate in sports betting and iGaming in the U.S. Oh. Wow. Thank you. I think you only have to say that if we're giving out picks, and we have not done that yet. We just... Just look. January first is right around the corner. We're all we're all getting ready. What kind of picks you want? It it, it does kind of suck that that it's uh, only NFL on Sunday and not the college football playoff games and and other big bowl games on Sunday. You get but, the championship. Uh, yeah, yeah, you do get the national championship and the other, I guess, other you know New Year's the other bowls. bowls. Yeah, other New Year's Day bowls that don't even happen on New Year's Day. It's, it's just yeah, that's just where we are. Um, Chad, Sam is asking any updates on the IPF. Have we heard anything more on that? John Cunningham says they're breaking ground shortly, as in within the next couple of weeks, and that the the project is is on track. So right. that's as much as we know. Mm-hmm. From what from what it sounds like, they are starting with the demolition as they continue to finish the designs. Um. You've got a new coach. You've got new set of eyes. Uh, you're not necessarily going to build it to Luke Fickle's specifics. If right. Scott Satterfield has some different ideas, um, so I, I think that's why you're not seeing the the renderings and you know, the finalized uh, design plan yet. Because I think they're they're being uh, they're being smart about. We have this much time until we have to actually end the demolition phase and start the construction phase. Let's yep. get as close to that as possible to make sure we get it right. Right. So that's as much as I know on the IPF at this point in time. Yeah, which is the smartest thing to do for now. And, and Jason yeah. said, saw a stat UC is currently third in Big 12 recruiting on a player average score perspective. Uh, 
I think that is high school only because it's average player rating of the 11 high school recruits. Right. And the, uh, the, the lesser, the number of lesser, the number of, of high level high school recruits, then the greater the, your average score rating will be. So, uh, well, remember, like we talked about on signing day, like the lowest rated kid is up over an 86. Yeah. Yeah. In this class. And that used to be the highest rated kid. Uh, in their high school class. So 86, yeah. 114. Yep. Yeah. Ty so. Perkins and Josh Gregory are both 86, 14. Yep. And that used to be, if it wasn't the top rated kid, it was almost always like a top three kid. Right. In the class. And that that's 10 and 11. So they did a really good job with quality. Right. Um, but just not a lot of quantity, which I think instead you were seeing in the, in the portal. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the whole, Emory Jones, Dorian Jones, uh, a lot of a lot of good additions there. What Trevor Radosevich and, and Luke Kandra. So um, yeah. those will be those will be names, and then there will be more names added to that. There has to be more names added to that, unless you want to throw. A, I don't know. You're going to play without an offensive line and wide. Right. Receiver. Exactly. Exactly. So um, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, basketball, real quick. Before we do a year year rewind, uh, it's just kind of the Detroit Mercy game wrapped up. Uh, players went home. Now it is conference season. Uh, Tulane on Thursday night. What do you think about that 9 p.m. tip, man? There, there's a couple Ugh. of those this year. That is a look. <laughs> that's a doozy right there. Um, that just means what the nightcap will will air around uh, 12:30. That's that's nice. Golly. Can't yeah, wait, and I'll have to be up bright and early to be at the hospital in the morning. I, yeah. I'm so excited about that. Right, right. And then I uh, guess it, it beats it beats writing about it afterwards, right? I guess, yeah. <laughs> there, well, there's there's a bunch of those Thursdays and then Sunday games. I don't know how you guys feel about the Thursday then Sunday schedule. It kind of feels like it's a it's a it's a bit longer of a layoff for that week game, but then that weekend game kind of comes up real quick. Um, but I don't know. I guess kind of sets I up. I can't for wait some... to not be in this conference anymore. Right. Right. It's a final stretch. It's, a tough, it's tough the time. final countdown. Do, 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 do. You know, even through your sickness, you still got some pipes of gold right there, Jeff. I can Don't say let that. anyone ever order it. Um, <laughs> but still, I. Beat, beat Tulane, beat Temple, beat Wishaw State. Uh, all very, very possible things to do. Then you head into that Sunday, January 8th game at home versus Houston, who's currently number one in Kempom uh, again. So, conference season is here. Uh, no better thing to do than just whoop up on all these these AAC teams and and put put the Big 12 logo on Fifth Third Arena for like the second half of the of the season. Why not? Like, <laughs> Why not? Screw it. Just a middle finger to everybody. Or like on just on senior night, just be like, ah, oh, shoot, we thought senior day was like yesterday, and we accidentally made the movements or whatever. I don't know. But that that question was about the football field. I I don't know when they're <laughs> gonna. It's they took the AAC logo off. I can promise you, before they play a game, that the Big Twelve logo will be on Newport Stadium, the field. It won't be the FCC Cincinnati logo that, that won't no, be going on there. Be there. No, 
Okay. Okay. There we go. So we, we cross those things off. Uh, I guess uh, non-conference, just, just real quick, guys. Non-conference, let's go your, your MVP, then your most surprising player and number one area of improvement needed. Aaron, I'm going to send you down for MVP of the non-conference on the team real fast. MVP of the non-conference? Yep. Probably, probably Vic. Okay. Okay. I, mean, I think the right answer is probably Dave, just because of yeah. how heavy a load he's carried at some points in time. But there's like eight eight different awards you could give to Vic. Well, I would well, so. I, I'd give it to Vic because of the double doubles. Like, I mean, he's doing it not just in points; he's also doing it in rebounds. He's also doing it defensively. Like, not that not that Dave's not doing things defensively, but I mean, just. Re- with rebounding being with rebounding being as as, yeah. as dire straits as it is right now, I just I, that's why I'm giving him the MVP. Okay, Chad, uh, Dave. Yeah, <clears throat> this offense is humming at a really high level. <clears throat> Dave has been the best offensive player, so I think for me, Dave is uh, Dave is the easy choice there. But like I said, there's like eight other things you could give to Vic. Yeah, and and right. Vic is also shooting an insane seventy-two percent. Correct, right? Fake and and he's what he's taken one three-pointer, maybe two, but he splashed one of them. It's it just, I think it's like a guy. He's also who, staying largely staying out of personal foul trouble, which has been yeah. an Achilles' heel for him. He, uh, yeah, it's just how how can they figure out ways to? I, I guess it's all conditioning at this point to keep him on the field on the, on the court as long as possible in order mm-hmm. to. Because you know the the backup bigs have done done a solid job building, but but we're starting to see the best lineup with the bigs might be with with Odie next to Vic at times. So um, it'd be interesting. That, I mean, and, and, as we saw against the, uh, Detroit, though that that is dependent on the opponent, right? Well, yeah. Detroit ran five perimeter guys out there. You yeah. you don't want two bigs. Detroit's uh, five to... man is a former top forty wing, right? <laughs> So, yeah, I agree. Um, how about uh, most surprising, Aaron? I mean, don't want to. I don't want to do this all, all night. But do, do it again. I, I'd also say Vic on that too. I mean, okay. We we knew that he needed to be good, but I don't think any of us were ready for him to take that elevate sort of elevate to this level so quickly right. this season. I think we were hoping that we would see where he's at right now. By the end of the season, right? But I don't think anybody anticipated him to elevate as quickly as he did. I mean, we've heard that it's in there, you know that that this type of talent is something that he possesses. He just looked a long way from it at the end of last season. So yeah, like to see him take this this type of jump to play like he did against some of the better competition that they've played as well, right? Um, I think he's been the most reliable mm-hmm. piece on this team so far. And, and like you said, Aaron, like the biggest thing is he's he's managed to cut down the foul situation where, you know, he hasn't like fouled out a ton. That hasn't been a problem. The problem has been more he's got two fouls with 12 minutes left in the first half. I can't play him. And you can't play him. Or if you can play him, then he's got to be ultra, ultra passive. Right. So that he doesn't pick up his third. 
Um, but yeah, the progress we've seen from Vic over the past two months has been incredible. Yeah, it's been. And, and you know, I mentioned it before on the pods is, is uh, you know, all, all the national uh, podcasts that I listen to leading leading into the season, you know, whether we be, you know, Gary Parrish and Matt Norlander or, you know, whether it be, you know, Goodman or whether it be your boy, Chad, John Rothstein, it, it, they always mentioned that uh, Wes told them to look out for Victor Lockin. Look out for Vic. Victor Locke and the, the, the one player on the team he expects to make a big jump. I think the Kalu Zikpe signing and kind of seeing Kalu in the videos and hearing he was the best player on the court, super secretly hearing about it for the, the uh, second scrimmage that, that, that the team had. It, it just seems like that kind of covered up a little bit of what uh, the promise for Vic was and Vic just being an underclassman as well. But my pick for, for most surprising, I'm going to go with Odie just to be – kind of against the grain a little bit here. Um, he He's he's shown a lot over the last, you know, six, seven games where, you know, at times in the beginning of the season, it looked like he was a little lost, looked like he was a little bit, you know, in front of the skis, in front of the skates, whatever you wanted to say on this beautiful winter day. Uh, now he's kind of honing it in, and he is using his aggression, using his athleticism the right way, and his – Blocks have been on point. His dunks have been on point. His points in the paint have been on point, if you will. So, uh, I think I think Odie's been a bit of a surprise for me over the, over the last few few games for the most part. So, I like. I'll that. say Oli on this one is Micah Adams Woods. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I agree. Especially had a very solid first half of the season, for sure. Especially with, with Rob going down and yeah. And for point guard to almost improve with Rob going down and and with DeJulius and, and Micah there at the point guard, we, we haven't really seen a fall off, yeah. especially at that position with missing a guy that you expected to be a key component. So I wanted to just shout out Micah Adams-Woods oh, as no an OLI right here because I, I think that there's maybe no nowhere else that you, you may be able to say that here in yeah. your superlatives. So. I like that. So, no, it, and it's, it's weird because – the, the shots last season where you would be like, no, nah, Micah, Micah, oh. Like, now you're like, wow. Where he's Micah's going up and around. And- Micah's making all the right moves. He seems to be yeah. a little, little bit more crafty at the rim. He's he's kind of had the same shot selection that he did when he was a freshman, and there were a lot of, you know, talented players around and with, with Jaron. And, Just and seems Craig. like he gets it this year. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. he's not, not forcing things nearly right. as much as he was last year. Like, West sat him down. West told him in a – what he wants him to do, and now he's he's doing it. Yeah. And um, I, well, last year he was also tasked with, especially through that second half of right. the season, like somebody has there. to step up and help Dave. Right. Someone has to do it, and he tried. He just it wasn't a role that he was very good at. That's an excellent point, Fake John Goble. Uh, Mike Adams was it for no other reason. The board has gone from boot him from the team to well, maybe he can fill a role next year if he uses his COVID year. Right. L- There's L-O-L. a lot of schizophrenia on the board. That, you know, it, but but he, he looks like a guy that Wes sat down and said, hey, I want you to, to fill this role. And that's exactly what he's been doing. So um, and he's been doing it very well. So not, last but not least, thing number one thing that needs to be improved on through the conference slate in order for this, this team to really catch a ride and, and start gaining a lot of momentum heading into uh, February and March. 
Aaron. A round. Defense. Like, I, this defense has no identity whatsoever. I know they tried to be pressed early on in the in the out of conference that they've gone away from the, the press. Um, it's just so hard to press with no rim protection. Right. I get it. Uh, but it's but just I, so hard. They just they need to find an identity, stick with it, and whether that's running, you know, the the two three or whether that's the zone. I don't know. Whatever it would look. I'm going to say this again. If they were good at playing zone, they would be playing some zone. Right. The fact that they're not tells me that they're doing it in practice. And it's it's getting working. it looks worse, worse than man to man. Right. Worse. Like. Ugh. In any case, that's what I want to see most improved is is defense. Um, I think that if the offense was improved, they'd be scoring 100 a night. Um, but that's only because the defense would be allowing the other team to keep up with them at 100 a night. Uh, right. So I, I don't want to see that. Um, I'd like to see the offense clicking as it is, and I'd, I'd like to see defense figure it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Chad? Defense and rebounding are the two that, you know, that yep. consistently – I was giving somebody else rebounding. Yeah. <laughs> they have consistently been inconsistent. So, I, I like, look, you, you hold a team that can score like Detroit did to 54 points. Like, you know, you kind of feel like you're figuring out an identity. One with Dave being a lot more aggressive, uh, defending the ball handler out top. Dave's D then, has been unreal. Yeah. And then Odie giving you a little bit different look at the four spot defensively. Um, they, they, they're pushing some of the right buttons to get things aimed in the right direction after, again, you lose your two best defenders. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, here's the problem with that, Jason. That's what they tried. They tried to soft press to force the other team to take six or seven seconds to get the ball across. Just and teams up. instead just threw it over the top of the press and got buckets. So, yeah, that's that's – exactly what they were trying to do because they knew without John and then eventually without Rob sitting down and guarding was going to be a great challenge for this team because they didn't just didn't have a lot of naturally really gifted defenders. So they, that that's what the press you saw was that two, two, one sagged back press where they didn't right. really put any pressure on the ball is designed to take six seconds off the clock and force teams to start their offense, you know, at 20, 18 seconds. And teams just said, oh, okay, yeah, okay, sure. Bing, 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 layup, bing, 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 open three. Okay, we got to get out of the press. Yeah. <laughs> that well, was and, the intention of the 2-2-1. Two, two, and when you have Vic as your last line of defense, it brings up Aaron's point again where that's, that's, that's the epitome of where fouls can happen is when – you got two people coming at you, and you make a last-second decision, and you're fouling the guy. So, um, I did like that they've kind of they have reverted a little bit back from that. I think it's only been we've seen a lot of man-to-man, -man, you know, three-quarter court type pressure. And, and Dave, man, Dave to Julius, like you could just see where, like against Detroit, he was he told himself like Antoine Davis is not scoring forty in this game, like he's yeah. going to shoot enough to to score in the teens, but he's not going to get the twenty. And he did the same thing against Xavier, against Sule Boom. And uh, you can just see, like, he, he, he flips a switch, and it's uh, something that I love to see. I love I love him barking. Like, keep barking, man. That's 
that's what really pops up the team as well. So that uh, dog in him. That's a dog, baby. That's a dog. Uh, for me, just not to you know, roll with what you guys are saying. I just think uh, continued development from the bench. Uh, I think it's, it's pivotal to find a backup big. Still, I think Odie obviously has seen his his role increase so much where he's not technically a, a backup. Um, yeah, he is, but he's he's going to be one B. Yeah, he's like a one B. So, do we I, have to retire that now that Luke's gone? Can we not use one A, one B anymore? Let's just push it off to basketball. We'll have one A, one B as in basketball now, and okay. take up the whole team. How about that? <laughs> but uh, no, I think I, I don't know if Kalu like maybe went home and comes back and he's like, wow, I'm, I'm ready to have a season. Or, you know, I, if Sage somehow is able to get some crazy development throughout the season as it goes, because there will be some games where both Vic and Odie get in foul trouble and all of a sudden someone needs to step up and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens because that'll be something to follow. I don't know if it's just Kalu's hair the way it is or – but he just always looks out of control at all times, like just moving about. Like the I, I don't, I don't know what it is. I, you know, I think it's like, I think it's he's trying to the the typical thing that a lot of people have is just trying to do too much and the little time that you're out on the court to like make up for previous downfalls that you've had in other games. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so it's just, you know, oh, I got to get on and immediately produce instead of just slowly let, let the game come to you. Yeah. Right. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Cause, cause th- that'll be important, especially as later conference rolls around where Vic is like dominating right now, mm-hmm. but he's never played this many minutes probably ever, or at least in the last three Not years. Here. Not here. Yeah. So um, we'll see, but I, I like where the team's at right now. I, I definitely like where the team's at. I mean, and maybe an ultra aggressive Landers Nolly at all times. Like when when Landers is is turned up his aggression, he is yeah. awesome. So and I think in big games, bright lights, I think he I think that's when he'll hopefully kind of kind of try and you know show out like he did against Xavier in the second half. Then he may want to stick around for next year. Oh, okay. Because there's far more bright lights in that conference schedule then yeah they're quite in this one you mean you aren't excited for the ecu pirates coming into town little little, little two lane green wave no no i'm not upset i can't go to games for a month <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it's funny because i believe you <laughs> Beat Tulane on Thursday. Let's see it. And then uh, Sunday, you head to Temple. Two, two teams are expected to be better than what they are so far this year. So um, it's an important week because if you can head into Houston riding this win streak, I, I mean, that has dwindled all the way down to only a nine-point prediction spread right there. So, man. You know what? Who knows? So go ahead. This is still the most, maybe the most interesting conference season I've ever seen because outside of Houston and Memphis, Cincinnati has not played anyone in the range of the conference. Right. Right. They've either played top 30 games or they played bottom 100 games. Yep. And the conference is all in between. All in between. Yep. So. We have no like I know the the Kim Palm predictor has them what eleven and seven. 
Uh, ten and eight right play. now. Yeah, ten and eight. But, I mean, and it varies. Yeah, days, it'll fluctuate. You know. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think this team is good enough that they should be better than ten and eight, eleven and right. seven. I agree. I, I think it should be a twelve win or so conference, a twelve win team in this conference. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, we've only seen them on the road once, and we don't yeah. talk about what happened. Nope. In that. So, I I can't even eleven points in the second. I, that's just mind blowing. We don't talk about it. I, I I think about it every night before I go to sleep. I, it's hard. It's hard. That's weird. Quick uh, quick favorite supply. Let's get into this year in review. All right. As always, make sure if you've got a business that is in need. Contact Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company. For all your non-food products, Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low-minimum next-day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom-printed products, eco-friendly, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. They've been open since 2009 and are one of the largest minority-owned companies in the city. Call Nick, 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month purchase. And just Bearcats. Don't just start saying random-ass names because Nick's not going to know what you're talking about. Nobody John Goble would. John Goble sent me. The real one, not the fake one. The real guy. That running back. Remember him? Uh, All right, so year review. I... My crazy self uh, got home from a little day out around town and figured out that you can like advance search tweets over the last year and go through them all and uh, kind of done a bit of, a, of an outline of like somewhat larger events based off of what Bearcat Journal has tweeted. Chad, you were in there for a little bit, man. You tweet so much, man. I, I had to take your name out of there. It would have taken me would have taken me four days to, to fiddle I through all this lot. anyway. Yeah. I so um, first off, I want to uh, just a broad overview uh, of what you would you would can kind of like a nutshell where if you if someone in the year 2040 went back and just read a little little thing that you had mentioned, a, a tiny two or three sentence write up about the 2022 year in sports for the Cincinnati Bearcats, what would they read in that year? And Aaron, it looks like you're typing something up right now. So Chad, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it over to you for for just a quick little short synopsis. Someone would read that you wrote about the 2022 Cincinnati Bearcats sports season year in review. Um nine players drafted for you know the, the first group of five school to have nine players drafted. Uh Luke Fickle leaves is going to be one of the bigger stories in sports for the year. Luke Fickle goes to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, Ahmad Gardner becomes a star, but that's going to be a Jets thing more than it's a Bearcats thing, even though we right. we take a lot of pride in it. Um, we own it. We own it. Well, the, the most popular sports cast, their sports podcast in the world is hosted by two Bearcats. And they wear Bearcats 
Thanes gear, more than like, gear yeah, more yeah. Than, than anything else. <laughs> There's a couple for me. Okay. Aaron, just 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 quick quick little synopsis, because I've got I've got kind of dates by dates and just want you guys to then reminisce on those times uh throughout the year that, that have gone through. Uh the Cincinnati Bearcats break the glass ceiling as the first team was, in the that was twenty twenty one though. Wasn't it? They played on New, New Year's, Year's Eve. Well, technically. Yeah. I mean, I I was driving home from yeah. Texas when the when the ball dropped. Right. I was. So I was technically, still, that was twenty twenty one. I was still but, hanging out in Dallas. But you could be watching the highlights the next day on the first. <laughs> and you're I was like, still in Dallas. Cincinnati so. was in the college football playoff. I I still had to drive home through that ice storm in Arkansas. Right. Man. Thank God um, I got out of there the night before. Yeah. No shit. Um, outside of that, though, uh, yeah, we, we talk. I mean, I was just trying to, I was just trying to think like went, went down to Arkansas, me and, me and Brent, that was a, you know, we, we went down to Arkansas and hung out down in Arkansas. That was fun. That's all we did. That's all we did. Just hung out. Didn't go Uh, to no games. Nothing in the, in the open air, uh, press box. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we met back up in at UCF. Yeah, well, we did. There. So we 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 traveled a bit this year. I between, like it. You know, Dallas, Arkansas, UCF. Um, you had a team that underachieved. I think we all expected more than nine and three, nine and four with the bowl game. Um, obviously, Luke Fickle leaves, and you wonder when the writing was on the wall for him. But that's a story for a different day. And uh, yeah, now we're we're on to Coach Satterfield. The the end of the 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 home winning streak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, end of the nipper big one. End of the nipper winning streak. I've I've got all those in this next little segment, guys. So for me, quick synopsis. Get all of our trips in there. I, I wish I did. <laughs> yes, but kind of I do. The movement to. Bearcats in the NFL and Saturdays in Clifton. There we go. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to get behind Saturdays. I, I mean, it works. It's kind of corny. <laughs> it works, though. It absolutely yeah. works. It does. Aaron, your thoughts on Saturdays? I hate it. I, I'm not. I, I don't. Like I hate it. it. Um, I don't know. I like. I think it's because it's already been done. Like it, it's not new for him. That's not something that's. Did Louisville like, do it? I feel like I saw it somewhere. Um, if not, then I saw UC's like main Twitter, like main tweet. They on did. It. Um, I saw Ed do it when when we when it first happened. Um, so I can't imagine that Ed was the first one to come up with it. It's Much too like, easy. Yeah. I mean, I feel me. like that's a, that's a layup. Um, I like things that are more clever than that. I don't think that's clever enough. I think that's the low-hanging fruit. I agree. Do you have anything, like like a different idea? No. Yeah. Bearcat games. Okay. That's what I call them. The Bearcat games. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, all righty. So uh, pretty interesting. Just, just real quick. 
it was the yes, Chad is technically correct. The season did end. The memorable best season in Bearcats football history did end in the year 2021. So the first kind of big storyline to, to pop off in in 2022 was on January 3rd, Ivan Pace transferred to Cincinnati, and yeah. at the time. Guys, it probably didn't seem like that was really going to be too much big news. Obviously, you know, a, a, a good name transfer coming into Cincinnati, returning home, if you will, I guess if you consider going from Oxford back to Cincinnati home. But, uh, yeah, it, and it ended up being probably one of the bigger moves singular season-wise uh, so far to to them being, being there. So, um, thoughts on just the Ivan Pace transfer – if you guys can remember when you first saw that he announced he was coming back to Cincinnati. I mean, the the general consensus was it was critical in keeping Deshaun here, right? Like, mm-hmm. not that Ivan was the prize catch, but that, you know, this ensured that Deshaun wasn't going to flirt with the transfer portal, um, you know, try to find a place that they could go play together. Because th- they made it pretty clear, pretty evident, I think, that they were going to play together. It was just a matter of was it going to be in Cincinnati or was it going to be somewhere else? Uh, and Ivan had a, a, a solid year. It definitely wasn't as good as his 20 or Deshaun, I mean, had a solid year. It definitely wasn't as good as his 21 season. Uh, but, but yeah, Ivan, Ivan stole the show. Superstar. And uh, kind of weird on January 7th, Desmond says goodbye. To Cincinnati, you guys remember that that heartfelt video that he posted, and on that same exact day, Ben Bryant transfers back to Cincinnati. Thoughts when you saw? I you know obviously there's there's plenty of conversation surrounding Ben Bryant's transfer back, um, different things of that sort. But I, when that news was starting to come out, it, it, it was especially interesting that it fell. And another interesting tidbit is that on January seventh of twenty twenty one. Ben Bryant transferred to Eastern Michigan. So a lot of, a lot of January 7th when it comes to court. Synergy. Synergy. Uh, I mean, considering we knew that Ben was coming back behind the scenes in, like, September. Right. <laughs> right. I kid. Uh, but it was pretty early in the process that we had had a good idea uh, that Ben was coming back for 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of a formality at that point. Like... We had been hinting about it on shows and wink, wink, nudge, nudging it. Uh, I think I did actually mention it in October at one of the Holy Grail shows that, (laughs) you know, keep an eye on Eastern Michigan's quarterback. I hear he could be somebody of interest in the portal. Um, But it it definitely set up for a year of uh, very interesting conversation and a year where the fan base in a lot of ways made itself look bad. If you uh, kind of remember, um, Aaron, like when you, I, I was excited know, because I thought that that meant that we'd have a back a great backup here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the whole thought was that Evan Prater, by the time Des was gone, was going to roll by in. y'all. Whole thought yeah, by just, y'all. By the fan base. Yeah. 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 And I, I, come on, I listen to you every time you talk, Chad. So. I, I understood that there's there's two sides to every feeling, 
but uh, but yeah, I, I I mean the 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 hope I guess you would say was that that would be what would kind of fall in line and and yet again there you go, the greatest quarterback and arguably top three player in Cincinnati football history says goodbye uh, to the, to the program and then on the same day, it's Ben Bryant coming back. I just thought that was that was pretty interesting. So something to to, to chew on a bit there uh, and then. Three straight days. First, January 17th, Gina Gadouli gets the gets announced as offensive coordinator. Then January 18th, Kerry Combs returns to Cincinnati as special teams corners coach. Then January 19th, Walt Stewart hired as D-line coach. All those three obviously had, had big effects on this on this past year. The latter two quite possibly have, could have more lasting effects. Uh, on the program from here on out, uh, kind of just obviously cool, Chad. I, I think you're one of the ones who broke Walt um, being announced here in uh, Cincinnati as coach. So um, just a pretty pretty cool three straight days back in January there. Anything on the coaches, Aaron? Any thoughts on on, on your boy Kerry Combs returning to Cincinnati? Well, Ohio State was done with him. They didn't want anything to do with him after uh, their season the year prior. Right. And yeah, so it made sense for him to come back here. Why not? He always like that's the thing about Kerry in, in Cincinnati is there's always a place for him here. Right, right. And also the the whole Geno thing was weird because that that just seemed like another situation where Luke will be here for ten years, Geno will be on his side, head coach and waiting type thing, and then we'll we'll get to what happened later on in 2022 because that surely did not. Uh, February only three quick ones. February 9th, eight Bearcats invited to the NFL Combine. Obviously, this is something that was kind of discussed throughout the season. But to see those invitations first to the NFL Combine and then the performances of the players there was was pretty special. Um, And then the next one, I want to hear your guys' thoughts leading into it and then your thoughts during it and then your thoughts directly after it. Because I don't know if you guys know, but uh, on January 18th, you guys held the first BCJ subathon. Take it away, Aaron. That was, Jan- was that that February, like? right? February 18th. February. February. Yeah. Fe- uh, sorry, did I say January? I meant February. Yeah, thank yep. you. Um, it was a lot of fun to put together uh, as far as mapping out where we were going to have different guests and what have you. Uh, what was supposed to be 12 hours turned into 15 um, as drinks started flowing and we were really, really wanting to hit that elusive 1,000. 1, uh, right. And damn it, we did it. We did. And I spammed Twitter every 15 minutes for like three hours. It was a... Got there. That, was a <laughs> that was a historic event for Bearcat Journal. That was a historic event for, I think, my place with Chad. <laughs> As you spend 15 hours straight with a guy like that and... Uh, I think you proved something. Yep. And I, uh, um, I don't know. That was it's a hell of a day. It was a f- it was fun. By the way, if you if you want to chip in and, and throw a donation our way tonight, we're like $120 from our first thousand dollar month. Wow. So you can help us get there as we continue to build this here YouTube channel. Okay. Okay. We're close. That's exciting. It's exciting. Uh, February. Aaron, 20- Aaron can buy diapers this month. Yes, the diaper daddy. I like it. 
diaper daddy, Aaron. Uh, February 22nd, I don't know if you guys remember, but Dan Skillings had a viral poster dunk that uh, Barcelona Sports retweeted and, and posted, and it was uh, making its rounds on the internet. And he He's been trying it. for one ever since he got here, too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's uh, something you want. He will. He will. Just gotta, just gotta, just keep rising, baby. Keep rising. Uh, March 11th. I guess we'll kind of wrap up the entire last basketball season in quick, short sentences. But uh, that was when the basketball team lost March 11th to Houston in the AAC tournament in the second round to finish season one under Wes Miller, 18 and 15, and that was was somewhat of a uh, roller coaster ride of a of a season, if you will. Uh, a lot of losses piled up that. Uh, you know, February through March, but still shows some fight at the end of the year. Thanks, G Mac. Appreciate the donation. Year two. Appreciate you, G Mac. You're the best, G Mac. Thanks, G Mac. $115 away. Um, yeah, my thoughts on that season ending was just uh we're out thank of our misery. Yeah. Yeah, thank God. It was that was as rough as rough as some of those Big East, like early Big East days. Right. When it was just like they don't have any answers. And it was more frustrating because at least the teams in the Big East were really good. Losing to UCF, USF, like Tulane, Tulsa, like you man. name it. UC lost to them man. down the stretch last year. That made me feel like I feel today, where I constantly feel like I need to go uh visit the porcelain god the hardest one was that south florida senior senior night game that was just oh my god brutal but uh i mean everyone knew that the team just needed talent and you know little little develop development within as well now you see vic rising up later's nolly huge addition ddj taking that second step the freshman having impacts and now you see what what happens when the talent level takes that step, um, and hopefully yep. they continue to ride that wave. Then, yep. Chad, I want you to mention this more because it was a uh, it was something that I wasn't in attendance at. I think it was just you and Dave there. But March twenty fourth, I highlighted Curtis Brooks putting up massive numbers at the widely attended UC Pro Day. But more, that was a pro day that was featured on. NFL Network. It was kind of a stamp of, of the rise that the program was on, and it was kind of a, sh- a showing of what uh, what they've done to really kind of open the eyes of the national media. As someone that has been at a lot of UC Pro Days, that was unlike the others I had been to. Let's just mm-hmm. <laughs> let's just say that um, it was wild. I mean, just having that level of like attention and scrutiny and eyes you know basically every team had a scout there there were some scouting departments with six seven eight people there head coaches gms like looking around it was another one of those like in the progression of everything that surrounded that 2021 season it was an extension of things are changing things are different now is it the first time tomlin's been back to uc probably i don't know I don't, re- I don't recall over the past 16 yeah. years seeing him around for anything, probably. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a, it was a, one of those days that you just look back on and you're like, man, 
Like didn't didn't think I would see this come to fruition uh, at any point in my life, really. Yeah, and there's a, a hundred and something, almost two hundred NFL personnel there. I think mm -hmm. you had to have a credential to get in <laughs> to the pro day when it used to be just like me and Justin and like six of our friends. Like you know, they're like, the, <laughs> hey, you guys, new. you guys going to pro day today or? I think there was even a, a year or two that I just like there it wasn't I didn't go I don't think because it didn't fit my skill like it wasn't like a you need to be at pro day today like that it just never was was really like that um so yeah that was that was one of those days that kind of kind of helped change things and you know it, it also seemed like it was a day that kind of uh, peek back the curtain a little bit to the the level of depth of talent that that the program had too because mm -hmm. Curtis Brooks was putting up massive numbers that like was overtaking numbers at the at the combine and and really forced teams hands into drafting him as well so yeah. uh, hopefully it's something that continues as uh, there's still high level players in the program and even though things have changed. Uh, then David DeJulius announced he would return to the Bearcats. I think is is this his COVID year this season? I yeah. think oh, yeah. yeah. So so that was big news, obviously, as we've seen David. There was some question there. Like with Dave, you know, you're not really sure like if he's gonna zig or zag. Right. So uh seeing him announce that he was coming back, I think was was big for the momentum that was kind of they were trying to build towards this season. Then they only have uh, one guy that could score. If right. the one guy that could score leaves, we're talking about you got some things you got to figure out. Up yeah. Shits Creek without a paddle. Oh, heard that. Uh, into April, on April 18th, Corey Kiner transfers to Cincinnati. Uh, this is this is more based on the. Discussion of, of high-level talent returning home, the homecoming hero thing, continuing through transfers. Uh, and then, if you remember, I think that same night we had a BVP and I was live from Orlando Airport. Uh, what, what were you guys thinking as the whole Corey Kiner news was was coming about? Another high-level Cincinnati kid coming home. Thought he'd be more involved than he was this year. Yeah. Thought he should have probably taking more advantage of his opportunities to earn that as some other guys did, but I digress. Um, it was interesting because there were rumors surrounding him when the season ended mm -hmm. and when Brian Kelly came in and then it sounded like he had, you know, the relationship he had with Mike Denbrock was going to keep him in Louisiana. And then all of a sudden one day towards the end of spring ball, it was like, he's going in the portal. Like, Huh. And if he was going in the portal, it's pretty widely known like there was he was coming home. Um, or at least widely believed he was coming home. So I, I I still think Corey has an opportunity to have a an outstanding career here. Um it just I one, I think the offensive line when it came to the run game just never clicked. It never felt right. Um, but, uh, I think he's gonna, he's gonna have to look in the mirror and crank it up a notch or two as we get into next year and, 
should help him with a little bit more run-heavy scheme, I would think. Up next, Chad, you mentioned there wasn't much scoring for the basketball team heading into the season. Well, on April 27th, Landers Nolly, with the help of Fiona from the Cincinnati Zoo, <laughs> announced that he was transferring to the Bearcats. Big get. It gave you somebody to pair with Dave. It allowed you to slide Jeremiah Davenport down a notch. It allowed you to slide Mike Adams-Woods down a notch. Um, I think it has helped Vic because it's created created some spacing on the floor for Vic to operate. Um, it was it was a big-time get at the time. And he's had a little bit of inconsistency as like a, a go-to scorer. Mm-hmm. But he's a guy that helps the team in a lot of different ways, and he's been one of their more important pieces. If you asked me to rank him, I would have him third, you know, behind Dave and and Vic so far. I agree. And he gave us a hell of a performance in Maui against Arizona. Gosh, that was that was beautiful. Leaving him in tears on the baseline. That was that was beautiful. Um, next up, obviously, was. Uh, what I want, Aaron, because Chad, you already mentioned the importance that this had, and it, it, it's probably one of the bigger dates or, or expanded days in in football program history or Cincinnati sports history is April 28th through April 30th, starting with Sauce Gardner, ending with Curtis Brooks, uh, nine Bearcats drafted to the NFL. Yeah, it's given me probably the most attention I've gotten on my Twitter handle in the history of my Twitter handle uh, with the hashtag Bearcats in the NFL. <laughs> but um, – no, I mean, it was – I was an exciting – we're not used to this, right? We're not Ohio State fans. We're not used to seeing guys scattered all over one through seven, rounds one through seven. We got to see guys scattered through from rounds one through seven, from top five pick through round seven. So we, we, we certainly got to see some things, and we've gotten to see those guys develop and do some things in the NFL for a while. Kobe was leading the NFL in forced fumbles. Uh, Dez made his first start. Uh, yesterday, uh, no, last week, no, last uh, sec- week. second yeah, start, last second start yesterday, um, improved start yesterday. Um, obviously, we saw you know guys like Joel not work out in the NFL and, and Darian have the injury, um, but we've gotten to see guys like Jerome Ford make it through the injury and end up on watch lists for uh, Pro Bowl as a returner. Um, Sauce became the highest voted rookie um and and got the starting job at corner um so everything about this season has been fun um it's it's really cool to see guys that were cultivated here pan out completely agree um chad probably the most important day looking back on it yeah still yeah because it shows, especially now going into the Big 12, like now the conference thing doesn't matter anymore. And you can just say nine guys drafted here, like in one year, that's that's something special. And there's a spotlight that can be placed on you here uh, that's just as bright as pretty much anywhere else in the country. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was a big, big, big day. Massive, massive, massive day. Uh Here's an interesting one, guys. So May rolls around. And on the 1st and the 2nd of May, this has the potential to be kind of the uh, – we'll look back on these two days. Probably not because you won't think of it, but I'm going to tell you about it. 
May 1st, Rayvon Griffith commits to Cincinnati. May 2nd, Brady Drogas. As, as a courtesy. Right. Yeah, as a courtesy, correct. Sorry, yeah. forgot to mention that. May 2nd, Brady Drogosh commits to Cincinnati. I mean, the future. you're looking at your future quarterback and, and a future important piece as Wes Miller tries to rebuild the basketball program. Uh, I always get mad when they don't consult me about having these things on back-to-back days. Um, it's inconvenient, and I don't like it. Uh <laughs> But uh, yeah, that was that was a big little pop. That was another Aaron. If we're if we're talking about this YouTube channel, Ray jumping on with us right after he committed, like that was mm-hmm. another that that video for what five months was still generate one of our top revenue generating videos. It didn't make sense. <laughs> I think I think people like advertisers from YouTube were paying different ads for that particular video because of the traction that that video got which is crazy yeah it was weird it was weird <laughs> I, you know what people see that it's got a lot of views they got to go check it out so it's the uh it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving but yeah I, who knows maybe three years down the line you look back and you're like wow that's that's kind of crazy they both committed right around the same time and they're both now leading the uh both sports in their uh both teams and in, in, within themselves for the Bearcats. so We'll see. Uh, May twenty fourth, another another new beginning for uh, a famous Bearcat. May twenty fourth, Ryan Royer's first BBP. That was a fun, fun, fun episode, guys. Agreed. Yes, uh, he's become an intricate part of this BBP Monday Night team, and uh, he's been a lot of fun. Yeah, he has been, and. Tell you what, that that uh, that first episode, we we learned about the fan and the different things that go <laughs> into it, and uh, we have used the fan now. I think we mentioned the fan more than anything else in Ryan Royer's it's, playing days. Yeah, it's the most talked about uh, piece of item of content on this podcast over the past four months for sure. Right, there's no doubt about it. We've definitely um, talked about that more than him being Mr. Bearcat. Yeah. Exactly. It's like we mentioned. So this is Mr. Bearcat, but you know the he had, he had a fan back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> throw people into. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, now this was a wild weekend. If you guys remember this one, or wild week, week in a half, I guess five days, um, mm. June fourth through the eighth. Chad, you remember this one? No. Day McCullough. Day McCullough. Joshua mm-hmm. Gregory. James oh, Jenkins, yeah. Manny Covey, Jonas DeClona, Nick Oliveira, Aiden Green, Luke Evans, Ty Perkins, Kamari Burns, 10 commits over a five-day period and eight commits in only two days. I, I was uh, at a fish show, so I don't remember much. Yeah, you were, you were at a fish show. I was I had family in town for a, for a birthday party, so I was tied up. I was at the zoo. I don't know if you guys remember. I said to picture to the group chat and i said no one told me that luke fickle was at the cincinnati zoo and it was an elephant walking around with uh i'll let you take that whatever way you want to but um but it was just uh that was a wild weekend um how many of those guys are left it's funny that you mentioned that aaron i think it's two i think the number is two maybe three let's see here quick uh quick look McCullough gone. Gregory still here. Jenkins gone. Um, yeah, maybe maybe two. It's looking like two. 
All right. Oh, Manny Kobe's still here. Yep. Manny Kobe is. Yep. Yep. Three. So, and then Ty Perkins. Four. So, yeah. Um, so maybe don't put a lot of, you know, weight into all of that Kamari stuff as it's happening. Hey, yeah. Thr Thrifty Walrus. AP is having a really nice night so far because Ryan Royer's there. Yeah. Wow. Well, when, when Nick Foles isn't throwing it to the Chargers, I think he might have more completions to the Chargers than he does to the Colts. <laughs> Felt like there was a 15-minute stretch where every time I looked over, there was an interception. Whoops. Whoopsies. Sorry. Uh, Super Bowl champion. Super Bowl champ. Uh, June 10th, Big 12 start date was announced, 7-1-2023. That is still happening, guys. I know a lot has happened since June 10th and, like, Weird things have happened, but that's still going to happen. The Big 12 move is still happening on the 1st of July in 2023. So don't change your calendars. It, that's still happening. So that, that announcement came on June 10th. Which also might be when they release the conference schedule for this year. <laughs> so still keep your calendars and have the Sharpie ready to mark down where you need to go to for these games. Even funny. sick, I still can get a dad joke here. Funny because it's true. Yeah. That was good. That was good, Chad. Uh, July was a quiet month, but on the very first day of July, the three of us attended the final, what we didn't know at the time, but the final squat fest. And Chad found his Twitter profile pic. I was glad that the month of July was quiet because uh, Brennix was born. Hey, hey, so there you go. It's a busy week. Then I went to LA for a week. Yep, that's right. Vacation action that I don't get to do much. You, you know, when you get 10 commits, and I think it ended up being because I think Snowden committed and then another commit happened. So I think there was like 12 in the span of, a, of like a week and a half. It was so like 12 of, of eight, 16 or 18 kids right. that visited. They got right. 12 of them. Exactly. So it was kind and of then okay. like three of the kids did commit and then never announced it publicly and committed somewhere else. <laughs> That's how the uh, cookie crumbles there. <laughs> I know because I was standing next to Luke Fickle when those events happened. Oh, I hate Kentucky. <laughs> Good old Kentucky. Uh, August, the Bearcats were selected. 23rd in the AP poll, the first AP poll, but, and, and cool, that's that's awesome to see, but August 30th, we taped our 100th episode of the BBP, and you guys kept me in the dark, and I was angry, because I didn't get to do any research, but looking you back, you loved it, it, it went pretty well, didn't it, guys? You loved it, you loved the surprise of it yeah. all. It went well. It wouldn't have been as fun if we like filled you in on everything. He was happening. so uncomfortable. It was great. Like oh, that's dang. you know, it's like we threw you a surprise 100th episode party. <laughs> and and I was uh, I was invited. I already knew about the surprise, but it was like a series. You of... just didn't know the guests. You knew that the party was happening. You just didn't know who was going to be there to celebrate with you. A series of fortunate surprises. How about that? Sometimes you just got to trust your partners. I agree. I agree. You know? I agree. But yeah, I mean, that was well. still mad about it, Aaron. No, no I, I, it went well. There was like massive surprises. I, I think he's down to really bitter. Well. Yeah, kind of sure. bitter. 
but you know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes bitter food tastes good. You know what I mean? So let's uh, let's roll with bitter. Uh, how about uh, September third? That Aaron, this is what you mentioned: our trip to Arkansas together. Mm-hmm. Bearcats fell to the Razorbacks, and I, I guess looking back on it, what was your guys' pulse after that game? Because I was actually. I felt promise in the team because of the second half and the way that the offense started clicking and the way Ben Bryant was looking. But, man, to lose the opener, it, it had been the first time in – I forget how many – yeah, the first time since that, that Fresno State game during yeah. the first season of Bush Jones's tenure that, that the team lost their, their opening game of the season. What was your kind of your, – your pulse on things at that time, if you will? I don't know. I mean, I, I had – I still had hope in this team because, yeah. yeah, the second half looked way better than the first half, but something felt off. Um, when you saw it, just the first didn't game. click. Like it, when it you, didn't. Yeah. And first game, you lose everything they lost. I, I think there was a reason still to be like, you know what though, they've got they've got something to work with here. Like the the things could be. Everything they thought they could accomplish is still possible. And then, I mean, I don't know that we have to go through every week of the season with this thing. I'm not going to. Okay, good. Um, but it just never felt like they got better. Right. You know, I think that's the – feels like the last step forward of the season. Mm-hmm. The first half of Indiana – like the offense was cooking the first half of Indiana. And then from the second half of Indiana on, it felt like they just didn't, things stayed about the same. They just didn't get better. They didn't, they didn't show that type of improvement that you expect a team with as much talent as they had to make. Like it just, something felt disconnected after that first half at Indiana. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the uh, that second half of Indiana, man, that that, that, that ruined a lot of hearts, but uh, they still covered. So um, we'll, we'll roll on from that. Uh, September sixteenth, Mason Fletcher announces that he will donate all of his NIL earnings off of his jersey sales to the walk-ons because he cannot receive the payments due to being uh, not from the states. This is this is an ex an example of the NIL, and then the example of an amazing person, an amazing action that Mason Fletcher did. I, I just thought it deserved a, a nod. September 16th. What a dude. They put him at the 45-yard line, and I was like, I'm just going <laughs> to kick it straight over his fucking head. <laughs> yep. that's a, that Maybe my favorite head. moment of the season was, was hearing that gem from Mason Fletcher in the Miami game. <laughs> he, uh, he, he knew how to... He knows how to talk. Let's just say that. Um, but gosh, that was a uh, just an awesome gesture, and I think a lot of people had uh, had some. I said hi to Brent as he was leaving. <laughs> yes, I do, Darren. Quite, I, quite, I do. Uh, the night before had me a little bit in shambles. I'm not going to lie. And the heat for the people listening, the for the people listening on the podcast, even though Brent took the time to actually read it, but didn't read it out loud. Uh, in the chat, there's a comment. Darren fan says, I said hi to Brent as he was leaving the alumni tailgate at the Archie game. I'm not sure if he remembers. So 
now you can respond properly. Okay, so so we went out the night before, had had ourselves a blast. I was I, with you for a little bit, Aaron, as well, and yes. uh, so the heat added on top of that, and I wore a long sleeve button down as I always do at these games. I always shake uh, my head at you. And I tell you what, this was this was an especially hot one. Yeah, so that mixing with it and like, oh man, I was, I was, I I remember it. And, and shouts to you, Darren fan. Uh, thank you for saying what's up. But man, I I had seen better mornings, and that was a long morning. And then I and then you throw in the jitters of and nerves that I I still get nervous before every game. And um, for, we're we're sitting in the press box. I come on, man. I just. It's just how I am. I get I get nervous. You are something else, Brent Young. I sound more British than Aussie uh, in that accent. Yeah, that's fine. Just don't ask me to do a Russian accent. It's terrible. <laughs> All right. We'll we'll leave that to Victor Lockett. How about that? The only the only accent I truly have down is Jamaican. Okay, and that's just from watching Half Baked a thousand times. Sound sound scene, son. If I was a Jamaican. Why would I be wearing D's hat? Lord have mercy. Down Lord, by the beach. Lord boy. have mercy is right. <laughs> Lord have mercy is right. Dave Chappelle, like his first breakout performance. Oh, I, I love that movie. I don't know how to feel about your impression. <laughs> that was a good impression in my book. These next three is kind of where uh, college basketball, uh, Wes Miller was had some some big time movement, if you will. Uh, February twentieth, Flory Bedunga gets crystal ball to the Bearcats. He still has that crystal ball on two four seven Sports on September. August. You said February or September. You said February. Oh no! Oh, September twentieth. There you go. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And then September thirtieth. Isaiah Collier announces his commitment date of November 16th. And then on October 4th, Jizzle James commits to the Bearcats. Um, as we look forward towards this, you know, the, uh, the the future of Cincinnati, well, well, what of those three do you think will be the most that fans will look back? And obviously the answer is probably Jizzle James, but – or. Who knows? Well, Which if of those they get three? Flory, it's Flory, right? So, <laughs> so out of those three, it'd be if Flory does commit, then that would be then the biggest Flory, of those yeah. three. That's the answer. Ball. Yeah, but Jizzle James was widely important because it allowed them to continue the pursuit of Collier with a net, right? Yeah. Like yep. they had to get a high-level point guard, a young high-level point guard into this program, and getting. Yes. Jizzle allowed you to continue going after Collier, but not having every single egg in that basket. So Jizzle was really important. Really important. I concur. Good old Jizzle. And we'll see what uh, what comes of that. Um, October 8th, Chad, I just want you to give us a play-by-play of this and uh, the effects that it has on the, on the uh, history of Cincinnati sports and especially uh, the year 2022 in review. Uh, on October 8th, Chad Brendel receives a hug from Luke Fickle <laughs> before Amy Fickle. Uh, go ahead and take it away, Chad. Uh, it just provided funny content, which is what we're here for. <laughs> and Amy, I, I watched it again, and Amy wasn't mad. 
She didn't look angry with me for stealing her spotlight and getting a hug first. I know that's the narrative that some of you want to set. That yes, get me home. This hug is why round, Luke left. Yeah, the hug heard around Cincinnati. Um, no, that didn't have anything to do with it, Ed. Ed's yeah. just jealous he didn't get to hug Luke Fickle before he left. Also accurate. I think Ed would take a hug from you at this point. He looks like he needs a hug a lot of the times. <laughs> he does, but uh, not. It was it was funny looking back on it. That that should be a video that you have saved in your archives and uh, never release it. Um, but October sixteenth, oh, got put on Twitter. Well, I meant like delete it, oh, not yeah. not release it. Uh, it's already released. Yes, um, October sixteenth, Aaron. You kind of already touched on this. And of the rise of, of, of the Twitter hashtag you've been using. But on October 16th, that was kind of when all the rookies really were taken off. Uh, Alex Pierce had his first career NFL touchdown catch. Sauce w- wore the cheese head around. Um, Aaron, you kind of already mentioned it, but just, just how cool it's been to see all of these rookies just having big-time seasons in the NFL. And even Chris Moore. How about that? Out of the blue. Flash Chris from Moore the past. Having, yeah, he's having a, a career year. It's because there's nobody in Houston. Time. There's, there's just no, nobody left in Houston. Like, yeah. We need to have Chris back on soon. I love Chris oh, yeah. more. Yeah, that was, that Chris was, is one was, of our better guests. Absolutely. Absolutely. It really was. Um, October 20th, Luke Fickle becomes the winningest coach in program history with a win at SMU. We said build the statue right away. Uh <laughs> Tore it down. We already tore it down. <laughs> Construction has pushed been it in the river. Yeah, that 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 thing is now in the river with the goalposts from Tennessee. Um, yeah, that uh, that that was a and looking back on it, man. But anyway, he still is the winningest coach in program history. So, like like Jeff like Jeff Howell likes to say, he could have been a king, but he left a prince. Okay. Okay. I can I can be happy with that, absolutely happy with that. Um, it happens. It does. Uh, up next, we we kind of mentioned this name quite a lot over the uh, over the past you know couple pods, but this was the first time that that in through the Twitter sphere that Dante Corleone was being mentioned as the highest rated defensive player in college football. And man. Um, if, if there is a rise to the top as unexpected as you can possibly think, it would be Dante Corleone. Now, is it just the offensive line that's graded poorly by these interns, or is it defensive <laughs> line also? Here, we will accept it, use it, <laughs> and never look back. But, yeah, um, Dante does seem like he's the, uh, the epitome of, you know, the – what's important for this team moving forward. So um, that first mention is, is something big. Yeah. He's a core piece of this team going forward. He's a building block, literally. Yep. <laughs> block. Emphasis on block. Right. Uh, Chad, I want you to dive in on this one a little bit because you have had great connections with this man throughout the years. Um Josh Wiley on October 29th sets the record for most career touchdown receptions for a tight end. Just your thoughts on uh, on Josh and his career, and then 
kind of maybe a favorite story you could tell on air that that won't get Josh in trouble with his future um, hires, if you will. <laughs> Sorry, we're getting things situated for tomorrow with Kelly, so she's yeah. coming in and chatting with me. Oh, you're good. Spontaneously. No, you're good. Sporadically. Yeah. Um, are you still doing a podcast? I'm like. <laughs> We're getting close to the end. We we all thought this one would be over forty five minutes ago. We did. We did. Um, no, I mean Josh was Josh was part of the the home the original hometown hero movement. He he became one of the faces of everything it meant for these kids to to take more serious. The opportunity to stay home and and play their college football at Cincinnati. He he wanted to be a Bearcat from childhood. He was given the opportunity to come in at a low point and take that low point to soaring new heights. And he did just that. And you know that that's a guy that I love Josh to death. Um, he's. Somebody that I, I think will be right up there with Garrett and Royer and, you know, uh, Jacob Evans and and some Troy Copain, these guys that uh, as they've moved on from their playing career, have become friends. Um, and yeah, so uh, really excited for uh, for Josh to see what's next in his career. And he gets to, to walk out as the all time leading tight end in a place that's produced some really good tight ends. Yep. Yeah. It's the, uh, the epitome of a, of a stamp on a career that was probably could have been even better, honestly, but uh, was, was one of the best in history. Yeah. I mean, if he would have been, you know, more, more of an upperclassman, like when the talent on the roster was low, like imagine him and Josiah DeGuara's role. Right. Right. By the, by the, yeah, well, targeted was, in the end zone this year. Well, that was all they had was Josiah really, um, his senior year. So yeah. he was in the passing game at least. Yeah, Josh was here when there was. You got down to six or seven on the the pass catcher chart, and you're still like, guy's pretty damn good. Now none of them are left, but <laughs> Josh would have been the focal point of the offense yeah. next year. <laughs> He'd have had 130 catches. <laughs> Josh, we don't know much about the. We're offense, moving you to wide receiver. Be the main guy we throw to. Yeah, we can call you a tight end for stat purposes, but you'll be our slot guy <laughs> that we kick <laughs> to the outside. <laughs> and can you can you also kick? Because we have a punter still, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we we may need you to kick. Um, but yeah, Josh Wiley, man, big time. Uh, kind of in the same ilk. A dude that's uh, quickly stealing the fan base's hearts. Victor Lockin on November 7th recorded his first career start against Chaminade in the season opener. He hasn't looked back since. Uh, we've already talked on Vic quite a lot through the pod, but uh, November 7th, his first start as a Bearcat. Started every game so far this year after that. When was his first double-double? Uh, that was last year. Yeah, he Brian. had one last year. Brian. Yeah. Right, you're right. He did remind us that in the presser. In the presser, yep. yep. Vic, Vic is Vic's brain is like a steel trap. I, I heard he he went into uh, an, an interview session with uh, the new sideline reporter Kelsey. Yep. yep. And and told her uh, the first thing he said to her was, uh, "You spelled my name wrong on Twitter." 
Really? Yeah. That's hilarious. Another thing that he did was like he was like, he was like "Did you know you scored a career high seventeen points today?" He said, "Yeah, I, I, I do know that." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay. I love him. A gold mine of quotes. I yeah. hate you, Stowe. <laughs> I get yelled at and I can't say anything back. I hate you, Stowe. I hate you, Stowe. <laughs> He's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. And I'm just excited to see how, how much better he can get because think about it. This is he's just taking off the training wheels again after he was injured for two years. So scratching the surface, as they would say. Exactly. Um, November eleventh. Uh, this is like a, an awesome day. Leading into the next one after this was one of the worst days in Cincinnati Bearcats sports history. But November eleventh, I got my uh, car fixed. Shout out to Danco Joe. Then there was a nip, nip at night against ECU with. Special guest Isaiah Collier in attendance. Guys, we were all in the field for that. That was an electric night, not only for the football team, but Collier. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Crazy day. It was, it, was a, it was a busy day, that's for sure. It was a very busy day. The last the last good day of the year, some might say. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's safe to say because um, I'm not even going to mention – November twelfth, because you you guys wasted like three hours of your life going to that scrimmage, but that was November twelfth, um, man. And then might have been, yeah. And then came uh, November sixteenth. Hey, if Riley Burgesson's up a Bearcat, then yeah. maybe it was worth it's all it. worth it. <laughs> See, there you go. But silver yeah, lining, <laughs> silver lining. Uh, November sixteenth. Always the optimist, Chad. Yeah, exactly. always the realist, Aaron. <laughs> always the realist. Uh, November sixteenth, guys. Uh, one of the worst days in in Cincinnati sports history, probably. We if, don't talk about that day. No, we won't. November fifteenth, fourteenth, November fifteenth, November seventeenth. It was a leap year. Okay, yeah, it was a leap year. Forgot about that. How interesting. They just changed it, it to the middle of November. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, uh, Chad and Aaron, just earmuffs real quick. That was uh, the day that Isaiah Collier committed to USC and then the Bearcats lost to NKU at NKU that night. Um, all right, you guys can take your earmuffs off for now. Okay. Uh, next up. No- no- November 16th is my late dad's birthday. So. Oh, gosh. Wow. Oh, my God. All right. Sorry, Aaron. So there's that. Yeah. Um, shit. I am sorry. <laughs> uh, we still got a mailbag to do. Let's just go. I know. November go. 21st, Dana Beers commits to the Bearcats. He's been awesome. on the pod a couple times. Great. Really, yeah. uh, really cool guy. November 25th was the Tulane loss. Don't need to really, you know, the, the breaking of I mean, We've talked about all this stuff games. recently. So We have. 27th, Fickle gone. 5th, sat back. 10th, the Crosstown shootout and uh, everything that's happened since then. And here we are. So, so live and well, guys. Doing great. Live and well. Doing great. That is a year in rewind. Everything fell apart oh. once Dana Beers visited. That was almost an hour. I, I mean, that was going to be our only talking point all, all show. I, you, I thought, I thought that was cer- pretty good. You certainly talked. <laughs> Brent, no, in all in all seriousness, in all seriousness, though, you astound me with the amount of research that you do. 
well that's, done. That's a freaking job, man. Well, well <laughs> like, done. Well done. I'm giving you a compliment. Well all done. Right. All right, let's go ahead and timestamp. All right. Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all of your non-food products. Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low-minimum next-day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom-printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029. Reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Oh, quick paper supply. Mailbag. And also. It's a light mailbag, Chad. Super light. And also. Our partnership with Bedfred Sports is now live. I don't know if you can copy this or like like go to yeah, it when, if, when if you're you in the regular it, chat. If you highlight it and you put it into the okay. search bar, then it, it does come up. Okay. Um, Bedfred. They are the most personalized betting experience on the market from in-person events with betting competitions, weekly promotional offers that fit your betting size, and patterns and the personal touch you won't get anywhere else. Betfred gives you more. If you sign up now, your pre-registration gets you on a list to be one of the first to bet with Betfred in Ohio. You get a $20 free bet on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. That's pretty good. That I think bad. that's a, a pretty good free bet. Uh, there's another welcome offer on January 1st that's huge, uh, up to $1,111 in bonus bets uh, on that offer that hits on January 1st. You get an invite to the New Year's Day betting party and a chance to win tickets to the Bengals, get some merch, and, of course, free bets. So you will help Bearcat Journal greatly if you are going to gamble in Ohio. Use our good friends at Betfred and register with that link that is in the chat. It's also up on the message board as well. Mailbag, let's go. Yes. <laughs> All right. Like we have alluded to, it is a light mailbag this week. So uh, for the football portion of the mailbag, to start it off. Uh, uh, uh. What player would be the best Christmas present for the offense, defense, and which coach to fill out the coaching staff? Uh, Joe Burrow, Lawrence Taylor. Wow. And Bill Walsh. We don't need, a, we don't need another quarterback in that quarterback room. We I'll take Burrow over anybody that's in there. We don't have who's gonna throw it to. Okay, give me Justin. Give me Randy Moss. Randy Moss, Lawrence Taylor, because you need pass rushers. And then um, it's okay. Everybody did cocaine in the 80s. It's not the 80s anymore. Have you even seen the movie Blow? Come on. Yeah, come on. And then um, Mike Leach. Rest oh, in peace. Okay. R.I.P. For me. That would be for me. Our boy Dana Holgerton with the with the state sweatshirt. That was that was, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um offense. I'm just gonna go like prototype. Uh playmaking wide receiver. The best you got. Bring him here. Uh defense, 
the best pass rushing defensive end you got. Bring him here. Coach That's Jack. what I just said. Randy Moss and, whoa, and whoa, Lawrence Taylor. Whoa. I, just let me say, this is mine. <laughs> Coaching staff, give me the craziest offensive mind that can listen to Coach Satterfield for a while and then instill his thoughts on things as well because Coach Satterfield is still calling the plays. Um, and, well, I, ooh, no, how about the best recruiter that money can buy? There you go. And then uh, Aaron, agreed? Thoughts around? Well, the best recruiter that I've seen is now the head coach at Notre Dame. So I don't know how that really works out for you. But there's got to be there's got to be someone better. Yeah, Coach Prime. I maybe someone better. Who knows? Um, I don't. Just fill in the holes right now. I don't. I don't really care. Honestly, like I'll I'll root for guys regardless. So right. Just fill in the holes. Yeah. Um, Good answer. Good answer. You're welcome. Bryant coming back for a sixth year seems perplexing. Opinions appreciated. Also, moving right from the running back room last year was a big mistake. Looks as if he would have been possibly the second best back. A misjudging of talent. I don't know uh, ben coming back. What choice did he really have? He's got a six-month injury. So try to get back, see if you can get back on the field in the spring, uh, see where things shake out, and then reevaluate your options from there. Like, I think this is by far the smartest move for Ben um, and probably another smart move for the program to just let this one play out a little bit further and kind of reassess once you get through spring ball. That's my take. In chat. And right, I, I, I've expressed in the past, I thought Luke spent too much time trying to find guys on offense that could move the defense. Uh, they tried Alec Pierce. They tried Ethan Wright. They joked about Tyler Scott uh, for a whole year that they thought he was a better cornerback than a wide receiver. Um, not everybody plays defense, Luke. Some guys love playing offense. And they're really and, good at it. Yeah, and Ethan wanted to. The, the thing is, I think Ethan could have been an NFL safety. I really, I truly do believe that. Um, but he wants to play offense, and he's pretty good at offense too. So, I, I know the feeling was they were thin at safety. They thought they had quality depth at running back that could sustain it, but I don't think it was the right move for the kid. Um. So I, I don't disagree with your statement since you didn't ask a question. You guys thoughts? Yeah. Uh Ethan Wright, man, he is he's ready to, to run through a brick wall, brick wall. So I'm fine with him at running back. Uh he seems athletic enough, but I agree. As safety, I I think I, I forget which coach it was. He said that he he looks like Brian Cook out there. Um as far as Ben Bryant, the, the medical staff is still on on site, right? So why, why leave the uh, the current situation you're in, um, and rehabbing and whatnot? So, uh, is that an electronic keyboard? <laughs> I hit a button on my remote. <laughs> Sounded pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. like a I synthesizer. A <laughs> um, Sorry. 
I don't know. I'd, I'll be shocked if Ben Bryant takes another snap as a Cincinnati Bearcat. Um, I, I wouldn't but, rule yeah. that out, though. The kid loves UC. But, so. but, but yeah, what else would, was he supposed to do? Um, I understand that sentiment. Um, it, it was either stop playing football or come back. Whatever. I mean, you could go into the portal, but... Where are you going to end up? Yeah, like nobody's going to bring you in if you can't participate in spring ball. If you can't walk. Right. You're on it. You got your leg in a scooter. Like, yeah. Um, as for Ethan Wright, I don't know. I mean, the running back room still seems a little loaded right now. Uh, so. And that, you got Bird coming up into his redshirt freshman year. You got Kobe coming in. Yep. You still got Miles Montgomery, Corey Kiner, Ethan Wright, potentially Ryan Montgomery. We haven't heard from him yet. Right. It's a lot of dudes. Right now, I don't know what we have when, as far as safety and, and corner goes going into next year. I mean. Maybe Ethan can play wide receiver. Maybe. He's tall enough. Yeah. That's not out, that's not out of the realm of possibility, I wouldn't think. So, we'll see. Um, and the last one for the football portion of the mailbag. Since most schools are on the semester system and class starts on 1-9, when should we expect action in the portal to pick up this coming week or more so next week after the coaching staff is fully in place? Is it accurate to assume we're pretty much done with high school recruits for the 2023 class? Uh, as we talked about earlier, the visits for transfer guys start the 4th and run through the 8th. So right around there is going to be uh, the time to look for when – that information will start coming in, and I don't assume anything in recruiting. Uh, there's a second high school signing window in February. Um, if there are guys that they feel that could help, I could see them adding a guy or two in that window. Uh, I don't think it's likely, but I wouldn't rule it out. So uh, don't ever assume anything in recruiting. All right. Fair enough. Moving on to the basketball portion of the mailbag. Delhi Bearcat started a new Bearcat started a new thread since it's slow. If you could add one Bearcat from the past to get us to the dance this year, who would you select? Post 1980. I chose Cumberland. I figured we'd outscore every opponent. Kenyon Martin. Kenyon Martin. <laughs> yeah. Put put Kenyon at the at the five, so slide Vic over to the four. Yeah. I mean that's the that's and JD JD comes off the bench in that role as a spot shooter. I mean it I that's a top twenty five team. And if you're not allowed to pick Kenyon Martin because his name is in the Raptors. That's like that may be a top like ten team. If you can't if you can't take Kmart, you take Danny Fortson. I don't I don't know. That might be a top like I mean that's a that's a that's a that's a really damn good team right there. How different would this team look with Nick Van Exel? It looked great, but then it'd be the same like two shorter backcourt guys. You'd still Nick Van Exel to... played like thirteen years in the NBA. Oh, I know. Oh, I I mean Kenyon Martin did the did the, did the same thing. I, I'm still not sure you could rebound. I, you'd score all the, every trip, so you don't need to rebound. 
He makes everything. <laughs> he shoots at a hundred percent clip. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah, he, 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 I, so there was like an Gary awesome... Clark would be interesting, but if you're going to take Clark's Gary, you take you take Kenyon. Yeah, right. If you're going to go big man, you take Kenyon. Right. Well, that's why I said if you weren't allowed to take Kmart because his name is in the Raptors, then you take Danny Fortson. There was a quick on this date in history. Um, the uh, the Bearcats beat Temple back in uh, was it not, what back when when Nick Van Exel was playing. Get this real fast. Nick Van Exel was 8 of 14 from 3. See, he didn't miss. That was before it, people were shooting threes at that clip. Unreal. I'm, quick. I'm still taking Kmart. All right. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Take Kmart. Um, fellas, what's your first real memory of a UC basketball game or team? <laughs> Steve Sanders from the corner. To open the shoe. Okay. I remember, I, I remember I like I remember being at games with my dad before then. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember like specific moments up to that point because they were largely forgettable up until Hugs got here. So I I'll agree. go with that one. I think my first my first memory, um, I don't even know what year it was. It was probably elementary school, but I was in the very top row of um, of the shoe. And um, my my friend Paul's dad took me and Paul to the game, and uh, we watched from the very top row um, as Paul's sister was down in the student section, and he was pointing at how good the seats were if you were a student. Yeah, uh, mine was. Uh, I think and I then you went to Wright State. And then I went to Wright State. Yeah. Um, mine was like way back in the day. Uh, kind of like being too small to really know what's going on, but just looking over and seeing the sound thing going up and down. I think it was for a crosstown shoot. Oh yeah. Um, seeing the noise, you know, barometer or whatever it's called, uh, just going up and down. I just remember that intently, and it just being so loud, and. Uh, yeah, that was my first memory, and then because I used to live in Cincinnati way back in the day. But yeah, so that was my first memory of, uh, I guess, of like no memory, if you will. But yeah. All right. And the last question in the uh, basketball portion of the mailbag: the progression of Vic from last season to this season has been nothing short of phenomenal. Who or what was the biggest factor of this? Uh, the short experience. The, the short-lived stint of Sean Dwyer. Kyle Washington? <laughs> no, I think it's just the game. Like, there, there's – especially the guys that, like, are heavily brought up in the European system. And Vic was – came through the number one, like, like club team in Russia. Um, I think it's just a completely different brand of basketball. It's a lot more free-flowing. It's a lot more open. It's not nearly as physical – um, I think once there was a little bit of Vic on tape last year, people figured out like you can, you can just kind of bully him. And the other thing, knock on wood, he's healthy. Like last year, he, he barely practiced. It was just a matter of every week getting him ready for a game, two games. Uh, yeah, first healthy offseason. So 
Um, now that he's had a chance to kind of adjust to the physicality and he's had a chance to be healthy and actually work on getting consistently better, it has all blossomed like a flower, a Russian right. flower. But but no doubt, shouts to Sean Dwyer um, <laughs> for, for landing Vic, hell yeah. For landing Vic and, and locating the man and convincing him to Sean be a Dwyer. Of that. Love me some Sean Dwyer, good dude. All right, rounding out the Banks portion of the mailbag. Uh, Skins even kept it short. Merry belated at Christmas, boys. Only one question. What is the one gift you wanted as a kid and did not get for me yesterday was the 36th anniversary of me not getting the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier? Jordans. That's that was, um, well, That's like you got to remember, that was when they first became popular shoes costing a hundred dollars was like crazy talk yeah like i'm no no i will not pay a hundred dollars for you to wear shoes to school like kids were getting jordans i was getting spalding hakeem the dreams from walmart yeah for for 20 bucks yeah 1995 like So I wanted, because red and black, like, you know, I wasn't necessarily a Bulls guy, but like, just the look was awesome. And I I probably asked for Jordans uh, like three years in a row. And my dad just was like, you know, you have lost your damn mind. I'm never spending $100 on a pair of shoes. And I'm guessing he has held to that and he has never spent over like 50 bucks on a pair of shoes. Unless they were like work, you know, steel toe work boots for the factory or something. Um, I I can't remember much, but uh, I know I like asked for like a like a Lil Wayne or like some sort of a for, like an album, like a CD, you know. And and instead, Chad, you like this? Instead, I I didn't get what I asked for, but my parents gave me. The, the speaker box love below album. There you go. Instead. So I was angry at first. And then I put that those two different discs into my CD player, my Walkman, and I was like, okay, it's okay. I, I like this too. Don't worry. Speaker box. The love below. There's no love below. Yeah. Not- yeah. <laughs> exactly. yep. I did I, I did get something new for Christmas. Oh, I like that. Helmet. It's got it's got B Cook's autograph on it to go with the. Uh, I like B. it. Cook up there, so we'll add the little C Paul mini helmet into the collection. And thanks to Deshaun Martin, said he loved the uh, add-ons to the wall. There we go. Um, I'm trying to think what I didn't get um, that I really wanted. I feel like I got. I had to end up like buying somebody else's Game Boy aftermarket. Like I don't think I bought. I, I don't think I got it like a new Game Boy. Uh, right. Same thing happened with like a Walkman. Like I had to find a friend who was selling a Walkman before I finally got a Walkman. Um, I, I feel like those were how I ended up getting things. Like I didn't get a, a Nintendo. I got a brand new Nintendo, um, but I think that was like three years after they came out. Um, when the price had dropped because. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like the the sixty four was about to come out or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. thrifty walrus. Are you actually a walrus size seventeens? Jeez, man, 
That's, that's why he's thrifty. He wears size 17s. Sheesh. Um, and the last question here. Appreciate, by the way, I appreciate you, Deshaun. Hopefully you're sticking around. Uh, the last question here. Since I know Chad loves the movie Major League, which characters do you think all the staff members of BCJ are? My initial impressions are Mo is Harry Doyle, Chad is Lou Brown, Dave is Pedro Serrano, Aaron is Roger Dorn, Brent is Ed Harris, and Royer is Vaughn or Kamikaze Tanaka. Royer's definitely Ricky Vaughn. I think that's probably... The only definitely. thing was... was was Vaughn young though? Yeah, like, he was. He's the youngest he was one of the bunch. Young. Was he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was pretty young. Yeah. Where'd you play last year? California Penal League. How'd you get there? Stole a car. Chad, I I haven't really watched these movies much, but I looked up the guy that I was mentioned with, and I disagree. Uh, Roger Dorn was the 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 old veteran. Um third baseman crafty a little bit surly he did i don't i don't think you are dorn no that's uh, that, that's aaron's aaron's oh dorn. aaron's dorn yeah aaron's dorn for sure uh harris was the pitcher right is that who he said you were was harris brett yeah. was ed harris yeah harris eddie was harris the, harris was the pitcher uh he was he was a generally upbeat guy uh he was very much a anything it takes to win guy brent Okay. Like Vaseline on the, the, the bill of his hat and some pine tar in his pocket, okay. nail file up his sleeve. Okay. Like, you know, he was, he's, he's also the guy that, um, you're talking he stole me. Joe, he stole Joe Boo's rum. Uh, and then he got hit with a bat. Uh, fly, somebody swung in the batting cages and he got hit with a bat. And then Serrano says, it's very bad steal Joe Boo's rum. It's very bad. <laughs> Okay. All right. Somebody else, some, I'm okay with it. Somebody else in the chat, though, said that this was Brent, the young catcher from the second movie. <laughs> <laughs> you slap a beard on that guy. That might. There's some Brent vibes there. Good looking guy. Some Brent Good vibes guy. there. Roll with it. Uh, Dave, the only thing with Dave is Dave is the opposite physically. There's nothing about Dave that looks anything like Pedro Serrano. Right. There's yeah, there's that nothing was... there's nothing about Dave that looks anything remotely athletic. Right. Um that was uh Ed Harris's famous line. Brent. Trying okay. to tell me Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball. <laughs> okay. All right. I like him even more. Let's do it. Yeah. That's okay. the mailbag. There we go. All right, Not boys. Bad. Get us out of here, a, Brent. It's been a good Not show. Bad, guys. Been a good show. Well, uh, that was a year in review and uh, what to look forward to here in the short future. Speaking of the short future, it is a game on Thursday night against Tulane at home and then a game at Temple on Sunday. So uh, let's cheer on the basketball team. And, of course, a lot of football stuff going on in between. Uh, anything else in closing, guys? No. Let's go. You outdid right, yourself in the research. Always. Always. Uh, always. Uh, but, uh, hey, you know, shout out to Danco. Transmission, shout out to Quick Paper Supply, shout out to Bet Fred Sports. Uh let's 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 get to gambling, guys. New year, new us. But uh for my good pals, partners, guys, Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel and Ryan Royer in Indy, where I'm not at right now. This has been the BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya. <laughs>